Yo, what's good? What's popping? It's your girl, Drea G. It's your girl, the Black Rogue. And we are the Grits. We're back. What's good? How we feeling? Good, girl. It's been a lot going on this week. Child, what's going on in your world? Child, so you know, last week, last weekend when we was lit outside everywhere. So I have like a crazy Tasha tale. What's not really crazy, but... You always got some crazy tale. So that was the first time I was really hollered at. Like I was hollered at by the DJ. He slid in my DMs and like he about to invite us to a party this weekend. And then um, when I was walking home, it was some elders on the street and they was cooking. You know, old people can barbecue, especially old black men. They know how to barbecue. When I tell y'all, so they was cooking some jerk chicken on the street. And don't judge me, y'all, because I asked them. I was like, hey, like, can I get a plate? Like, I was hungry, y'all. So, <laughs> Meanwhile, we had just came back from Sweet BK and eating tacos. And I was concerned for your welfare. I was like, uh, Tasha, have you made it? You were like, yeah, I'm, I'm here eating. I had to make sure that you wasn't a clone, that you wasn't some decoy. I'm like, we just came oh, back from Sweet BK. You was like, no, these, these men, they were smoking chicken on the street. Tasha eat street meat, by the way. Don't judge us, okay? Well, you probably, you don't eat jerk chicken off the street or tacos. Let me tell you something. I have bought some jerk chicken off the street, but let me tell you something. Um, It didn't agree with me. So I I feel real strange about, I mean, even the, the flavor was the bomb, but I just, I don't know how they clean and prepare and store the chicken before they cook it. So I don't know. So it was the old man, y'all. Back to the story, child. And, and Drea know she lying, but back to the story. So the old man, like he came up to me. He had like a, what do you call it when you smoke a lot of cigarettes and you have the tube in your throat? Oh, he has some like a voice box. Yes, this nigga was like, hey. yeah. I was like, okay. I, I was acting like I knew what the fuck he was saying because I was trying to get the chicken. I really didn't know what the hell he was saying. He was just like, ah, bah, 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 the whole time, right? Meanwhile, so, Tasha was pointing, pointing to the thigh that she wanted. Yes. And he was a handsome old man with the, you know, the tube in his throat. He had, he was tatted up. But anyway, long story short, the man, he was talking to me and, and like he put his phone out. And I didn't want to be rude and say, nah, I'm not, you know, I got this free chicken. I don't want get your give you my number. <laughs> So I gave the man my number. My dumb ass should have gave him the wrong number. But he knew because he called me on the spot. Right? So I was like, man, let me just Them like, spot checks. Them spot checks going to do it every time. So this this man been blowing up my phone. My thing is, sir, <laughs> you can barely talk. He can barely talk. Why are you calling me, sir? You should be texting, not calling. Like, yeah. he got the tube in his throat. Like, what, what is going on, sir? So I had to block him, y'all. Hopefully, I don't see him this weekend on the street because he is on the corner of my block. Him yeah. and his uh, hood, older, uh, elder homeboys. I hope you don't run into them. I, I guess it's a good thing that you're going to be laying low for a couple of months. Right, child. Because <laughs> he may be a gangster girl. We don't know how he got that tube in his throat, child. 
Well, got you. Right, right. It's somebody on my block like that. They got into a motorcycle accident. I don't know how it fucked up their vocal cords, too. But uh, he is uh, missing a leg as well. He a young dude. So they they it happens. It happens. So meanwhile, it's full time fall now. I'm like, damn, where does summer go? I didn't go outside. It's cold. It, I'm not going to hold you for the last couple of days. And it's funny because I was talking to my sister who's in Texas and in and, and Dallas. And, you know, it's been like a heat wave. They've been praying for rain and they just got it. And um, she's just like, I can't imagine it being, you know, cool anywhere else. And it it has been cool outside. I'm talking about not gusty wind, but, you know, breezy. I'm like, I love okay, it. like, shit, it ain't even September. I love to see it. Well, it's going to be September when we hear this. So, you know, but that's a little bit of what's going on in our world. So before we even, you know, jump into it, we got to do our, our check in and tap in with our fellow grits across the globe. So shout out to everyone, uh, our fellow, you know, uh, girls and guys raised in the South, whether you're in Georgia, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Tennessee, or Texas, or internationally, or international, shout out to the Grizz across the globe. Shout out. All right. So, you know, that's going to bring us to our pour it up of the week. So a couple of things that we're going to be toasting up to this week. And obviously, you know, on the flip side of it, it's a couple of things that we're going to be uh, blessing our heart to. Like sometimes we got to do. So what are we kicking it off with, Tosh? So, you know, Black excellence. So number one, Dr. Catrice Austin. She's a celebrity dentist. So she just opened up a dentistry out here in NYC. So, you know, I, I love that, you know, Black woman doing their thing. So shout out to her. Mm, shout out to her. And speaking of doctors, there's also a doctor. Um, he's based out of South Africa. And, and I, excuse me if I'm not pronouncing this man's name right, child. Masadu Tishi Fularo. Mm. Anyway, Google it, y'all. I'm sorry. Masadu Shifularo. Oh, you that sounds good, girl. Yeah, you pronounced it right. Yes. But anyway, so this king shot him out. He's been receiving some press, the first surgeon in general, to create the first transplant to cure deafness. That is amazing. So that's, shout out to him. That's dope. And to to know that it came from the continent. And you know what? It's crazy because Africa got a lot of things going on right now. They done had a couple of coups over the summer in a couple of different places from Niger to recently Gabon. So they got some shifts in the continent. And from what I'm hearing, they tired of being oppressed. Mm. I got to do I got to do some more research. But, uh, you You're know, Donna, girl, like my boo side note, my ex boo. I don't know. Current, I don't know. We may be on 90 day fiance, y'all. <laughs> so I was talking to him this week and he's moving to Canada and he's telling me that the economy in Ghana has crashed. Mm. And he said it's doing the people, I guess, the it's unrest. people that have been owning the money or whatever. They haven't been distributing the money right. So it's like a lot of drama going on right now. In Ghana. You know what? That sounds like that's what's happening across the continent because you got all this unrest and um, they're tired of paying taxes to colonizers, whether we're talking about France, Great Britain and, you know, and the politicians profiting. I don't know. Correct us if we're wrong. 
We definitely want some commentary. So if we got some listeners that are, you know, across the seas and and on the continent, definitely uh, we love to hear your your feedback and your take on what's taking place. So moving right along to number three, I am pouring up to Life Insurance Awareness Month in September. And so for some that know, I'm an insurance and financial services professional. And so I work with people to pretty much help them to shore up their financial futures, all right, and just kind of get in front of their options early. So it's important, and especially, um, you know, I'm a Black woman, and I educate people in my community, and I try to get them to, you know, act now and, and put some things in place. And so that's what Life Insurance Awareness Month is about, just understanding all the benefits and the power of it, and then being able to make financially empowered decisions around it for here and for your future so um right child because we we i'm tired personally of seeing all these gofundmes people please get life insurance out here because one thing's uh for certain two things for sure none of us leave here alive and so put things in place you know don't wait because just like with anything when you wait typically you're gonna pay taxes because you wait. So start early and give yourself a, a, a in your future a, a fighting chance. In the black community, we have an 8% inheritance rate. So, you know, there are a lot of people that say, oh, you know, I have something set up. I have I have something through work. But apparently it's not really being translated and transferred because the wealth gap in the black community, it is you know, drastically lower than our counterpart. Okay. So that's the whole purpose of this. So shout out to life insurance awareness uh, in the month of September. And so number four, moving right along fashion week, you know, it's September. We in New York city. This is the Mecca of the fashion, you know, world. Well, one of the Meccas, because there is Paris and there is London and, and, and Milan and all that other, other and places. Like New York child. And not like New York. Like yeah, <laughs> new, yeah, 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 for sure. Nothing is like New York. So Fashion Week will be taking place for, from September 7th through the 13th. So if you're visiting or if you have plans uh, to come to New York City, you know, Fashion Week will be going on. So a lot of activity. And number five, on the heels of that, what I'm shouting out, we're gearing up for fall. Hell, it's September. It's chilly outside. It's getting dark earlier. You know, y'all know the time going to change soon, uh, but I digress. But number five, there is a Chanel diner coming to Brooklyn as well on the heels of Fashion Week. And so just a little rundown about it. They're bringing a bougie type diner to Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be the typical setup of food. It's going to be offering a very unique type of fragrance experience. And so if you're interested in checking it out, the diner will take over 225 Wythe Avenue in Williamsburg from Friday, September 8th until Monday, September 11th. And that's 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. So they're inviting you to explore all the floral interpretations of the new fragrance that combines citron, jasmine, and teak wood. So it may be very interesting. I like fragrances. I like to smell good. It's always, it's always a good gift. So shout out to those things that's uh, taking place this week. 
And so, you know, on the flip side of that, of course, we got to, you know, bless our heart to a, a couple of key people this week. So, Tasha, what are we blessing our hearts to? All righty. So, number one, I'm going to bless my heart to Erica Mina. Um, I was watching this week on social media and I saw she called a fellow cast member of Love and Hip Hop a monkey. Um, and I'm like, girl, if that's if you think of racism words and racism connotations, and that's the first thing you think of when you're trying to argue with somebody, you're racist. And I'm just being quite honest. I was I was a I was offended. The cast member said she wasn't offended, but I was. I'm like, girl, that means that you've probably been calling Safari, Monkey, Jigaboo, all types of shit behind closed doors. Yeah, it's it's it goes right back into that whole argument and that colorism and people identifying. And it's just like, I know Erica identifies as a woman of color. She is a woman of color. She ain't a black woman. But from what I know, they was both slinging dirt and kind of going below the belt. And sure. wait, are you caping no, for her right now? I'm not caping for her. I know they was slinging. They both was going at each other, but that don't that doesn't negate the fact that you use a racial slur. Like, that's the same thing. Say you're arguing with a white person and you're cutting deep and the white person calls you the N-word or calls you a monkey. That that person's going to be considered racist. So right. you go back and forth. You can be heated, but you're racist right. at the end of the day. Right. And I mean, she got black children, so... You know, that's Child, something that that's she, why these men need to watch. These men will literally procreate with women that don't even like black people. It makes no sense to me. But I I mean, you're right. And all that is right. But uh, Spice ain't innocent either. And so let that be known, too. I, she's not innocent. But at the same time, like, I feel like you're con- trying to negate the fact that I'm not trying to negate. I'm not trying, trying to, to cap that right now. I'm not. Erica. I'm not capping for her. But I'm just simply saying that Spice was talking about her kids. No, she wasn't. She was talking about her parenting skills. You don't need to comment on my parenting skills because that makes okay. me believe you're talking about my my child my child like so, my but, child is being neglected. But I, I have never me. I have been in arguments with people that are not black. Like this one of my coworkers before the whole you can get fired. I cussed out one of my coworkers who was Asian. Not one time that I think right. to call him any type of like <laughs> right. So and bottom line and there it is. Okay, yes, so I'm Erica, like Erica, you deserve that. Bless your heart. Do better. What's number two? So number two, I saw a video on social media and it was of New Yorkers, y'all, in Houston, Texas. And I don't know if these New Yorkers are visiting or they actually live there, but it was like a New York versus Philly battle on who who got the most money and, and they was pouring out bottles of liquor in the club that they oh. paid for. I thought this shit was ridiculous. You know, I don't really give a fuck if bottles are cheap, like 250 in Houston compared to New York. 500 or whatever it is in new york why are you wasting bottles in the club like that's so lame houston we have a problem first of all number one y'all already don't recycle so it is a problem oh you shade (laughs) shade (laughs) it is a problem so yeah that's definitely like come on bruh like it's a whole like recession like come on it's just like it's better. Like I said, it's life insurance awareness month. Do better with your money. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So number three, you know what? I'm blessing, blessing the heart of, you know, I don't like his big headed ass. And I probably blessed my heart to him before. But now I'm blessing my heart to him again recently because his ex fiance and his the the woman of his, the mother of his 
two children, Monietta Shaw, uh, was talking about Neo in a recent interview. And she was just saying that, you know, we were engaged and the label was going to pay for it. Or she was saying that somebody was going to pay for it. But like he just he he just didn't want to do right. You know, they had had these threesomes together, you know, with with other people. And it just didn't satisfy him. He just wanted to continue to do it. People really love Neo. And, you know, his talent, his talent is his talent. He's a talented songwriter. You know, as far as an artist goes to me, I, I don't really care for him. It was funny because it was a meme. It was a, a friend of mine on Facebook recently asking. It was like, uh, pick which singers you want to remove. And it was like Neo, Alicia Keys. And it was like two other people that should not be removed. But it was like easy. Neo and Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they were like, but he's written so many songs for people. I don't give a damn. He a lot of Beyonce songs. I'm tired of Neo. And, and people need to understand that his ass is capping. Like all them ballads and shit that he was writing is lies. It's lies. Okay. And so Monietta, baby, is done with. And you married now. You're remarried. I just feel bad because like I, that, obviously that was a toxic situation. Doing all this stuff to keep a man that, you know, you think is supposed to be kept. And they just for the streets. Yeah, he is for the streets, child. So I'm a poet up to that, and I'm a I'm a uh, bless my heart and and kind of just sprinkle some some prayers on that whole situation. Maybe he's for the for the trees because he like iguana to me, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of kind of accurate, pretty accurate. All right, so moving right along, that is gonna take us to our southern sound off of the week and you know this is the topic where us as girls raised in the south living here in new york city over a decade you know we kind of just give our take on just different topics and situations and this week is something different and we're deciding to talk and highlight on the uptick of domestic violence against women and the fatalities resulting in it, you know, especially against our black women, uh, which has increasingly seen a spike over these last three years since COVID. Right. So I was thinking about this subject, you know, femicide against black women, because just recently I had a discussion with this dude that I no longer talk to, but he was basically saying that no one protects the black man. No one has the black man's back. And so I mentioned to him, I'm like, well, you know, the rates are with black women being murdered is very high. So who actually has our backs, right? That's all so we do is cape for their ass. That's all we do is walk in a line of fire for their ass. What? Right. So I gave him some stats and he still basically <laughs> was not agreeing with me. Just some of the stats that we gathered from Violence Policy, LA Times, and The Guardian. So out of all femicide cases in high-income countries, 70% occur in the United States. So a lot of times we think that, oh, well, America doesn't have a lot of, you know, women getting killed by men. Well, those are poor countries, and that's simply not true. Mm. The U.S. ranks 34th for intentional female homicides out of all countries, and that's crazy as hell. Also, three women are killed by a and partner mm. every day. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And also, women are less likely than men to be killed in a shooting, but are more likely to be beaten or stabbed or strangled to death. So we're dying harsher, more harsh than men as well. Like, we're having painful deaths. 
Yo, and one of the reasons, you know, before we even just get into any more stats is that we're even talking about this is just because we have just seen, like, I feel like we cannot go on social media these days or just even look on the news without seeing some after effect of a situation that just went horribly wrong, like week after week, even this week, you know, what even spurned this topic was there was a young lady out of Atlanta and she was like a, a beauty and a skate influencer. And her name was beauty Katera and her boyfriend was, you know, arrested as a suspect and he, he burned his girl's body, mm. you know? So women are really going through it and it is, it is an epidemic that's taking place and it's been taking place. And uh, I don't think that we have enough highlighting it. And, you know, I think that we really need to be taking a, a look into it. Right. So, you know, I mentioned that beauty influencer that was out of Atlanta, you know, a young lady. And so with regards to some of these stats, you know, black women, women of color, we have it the worst. Uh, men are murdering black women and girls at a rate almost three times higher than white women. Okay. Uh, for indigenous women and girls, the homicide rate is six times higher than what it is for the white counterpart. Law enforcement is less likely to know black women and girls relationships to their killers. Mm. You know, in, in northeastern states like New York and New Jersey, black women's homicide risk is lower than in the South. Isn't that crazy? That's and I don't crazy. And I don't know if it's because we got more access to guns, but I feel like that can be an issue. Right. And Could we'll, be an issue. Yeah. And we'll get to some of those stats because, you know, in, in 2020, as far as gun violence against black women, it was right on par with the statistics for black men that were being gunned down. So that lets you know. And so that's drastically different than our counterparts. And so we do got to take a look at you know, what's going on in our, our community. So what do you think has caused the uptick of black women being murdered at an alarming rate by their intimate partners? So you mentioned this about crime. So I personally think that it's poor living environments. If you can barely afford things and you're taking your anger out on usually people that live with you, and a lot of people take their anger out on their partner because of whatever issues that they have going on with themselves and with finances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know, Drea, you talked about this on previous episodes and when you were talking about like the crack epidemic and how crime rose in New York City. That's the same with domestic violence. Like when you're poor and when you're not making a lot of money and with, even with rich people, when it comes to finances, they lose money tomorrow. A lot of rich people commit suicide. Right? You know, finances are one of the primary reasons for divorce and why relationships don't last. But yeah, when your finances are fucked up. Yeah. So I can imagine it breeding a dangerous type of environment, especially right. since we've been seeing a rise since COVID. If you don't seek therapy and all this stuff, you're going to take that anger out on your partner if you're struggling with finances. So I feel like that's also why, you know, a lot of domestic violence has happened. Also, um, it was a stat by the CDC. They said that across racial groups, gun violence rose more in the U.S. in neighborhoods with higher levels of poverty. And that's something that you also talked about on previous episodes. Mm -hmm. So if it's a lot more gun violence in neighborhoods that are not making a lot of money, then it's going to be more domestic violence as well in those same neighborhoods. 
Yeah, a lot of oppression. Yeah, it's just not going to breed for happy homes or happy communities, as we can see the correlation. So for sure. For example, I had a situation. It wasn't a domestic violence situation, but you just never know what people. Mm -hmm. I had a guy who his finances weren't great. And that's mostly because of how he grew up and he didn't have a father in his life. His dad never paid child support, none of that stuff, right? So he had a lot of student loans and we got in this argument because he was jealous of me, the fact that my father paid for my college tuition. So I also feel that, you know, jealousy, if you have partners that are jealous of you financially and they're not meeting those same financial goals, then that can also be a warning sign of an abuser. Yeah, those can definitely be some red flags. And so that's one thing you should heed when you you don't feel comfortable or safe. Like you can, you know, talk about certain things um, and especially finances. And if they get uptight about that shit, uh, you know, I don't want to give nobody the chance to shake me up. Shit. <laughs> My homegirl, she said some crazy shit to me like years ago. She was just like, you know, this is back in the day when I first moved to New York. I had no money and stuff like that. And she was like, girl, stop talking to a broke man because two broke people can't be in the same relationship because all you're going to do is argue. You ain't nowhere else you can go. It ain't like you can go on dates and shit. You can't afford it. And I was just like, now I'm looking back. That is true. Like, <laughs> if you can't go on any dates and don't have no money, especially in the way our economy is set up in America these days, then it's going to be a lot of, you know, stress levels. Yeah. A lot of anxiety. Yeah. A lot of anger. Yeah. And I feel like maybe I've even experienced that here in New York City, like it's it's a borderline recession going on or I'm not, I'm going to say that the cost of everything has risen. So I just don't know what to say about the correlation of it and you know is our money on pace with the things that's taking place you know right now in the environment so yeah it can breed for some you know some tricky type of circumstances and environments and so for me I feel like something that's caused this uptick I feel like this was already years in the making but I feel like COVID definitely amplified it and put us in some close proximities to where we couldn't escape certain things. So according to an article published by Guardian in 2022, during COVID, we saw a rise. And the stats show that in 2020, a year of rising homicides amid a devastating pandemic in the U.S., the increase in the death rate for Black women rivaled that of Black men. So this was 2020. As homicides increased nearly 30% nationwide that year, the rate for black women and girls rose 33%, a sharper increase than for every demographic except black men, and more than double that of white women. According to a Guardian analysis of homicide data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, like you mentioned earlier, killings of black women and girls increased across age group from school age children to senior citizens. So gun violence drove the increase with three quarters of homicide victims who were black women and girls dying from gunshot wounds. That's crazy, child. It is. It's very crazy. When you hear men that are saying things like the argument that your friend was making, where it's like, well, who is, you know, looking out for them? No, who is looking out for the black woman? Because why are we rivaling black men? You know, what what is behind that uptick? So home life, we are pressed, you know, financial security is kind of jacked up because, you know, 
the economy and some of us not having the tools to try to circumvent the system, making for some toxic situations. So financial hardships. I also think that society's portrayal of black women or women of color um, is, is playing a role into this because why, you know, all of a sudden are we being looked at or battled at as the enemy? I feel like black women, we get a bad rep, you know, men or, or people of other uh, nationalities as well as our own. They'll be like, oh, black women are loud. They're aggressive. They're masculine. I mean, we just heard that like the young lady that was in from Houston. Now, I don't know if she was over there getting hyphy, but uh, she did get arrested. Uh, but they were like, it's because she yelled at somebody. But, you know, this is the type of rap that black women get. They're like, oh, y'all are X, Y, Z. And so, I mean, and we hear it in the rhetoric that's on these shows, too, where but we just had this masculine versus female debate. I don't know if that, well, from my opinion, I don't know if that plays a part with black women being murdered and killed. I think it plays a part when black women, when we're seeking, trying to get help, they don't take us serious. Because yeah. of those different stereotypes that they have. Like, for instance, Kay Michelle. When Kay Michelle talked about her, you know, uh, getting beat up and abused by her ex-partner, uh, Rashida and other women on Love and Hip Hop, a lot of other women that are not Rashida didn't believe her because Kay Michelle, like her personality, she has a big personality. She's going off on people. So they kind of use those particular, you know, I guess what you just said, stereotypes or whatever, even though she does display a lot of, you know, this behavior, but they didn't take her serious. And I feel like a lot of black women, they don't take them serious when, when they need help and they're in dangerous situations. I just don't feel like they take us serious. They don't, but I don't think that either. And K. Michelle, she, she did embody some things. You know what I'm saying? She was very outspoken as she should be. And she's continued to be in her truth. But yeah, I just think that they don't believe us or they're not trying to hear us or they don't look at us as victims. You know what I'm saying? They're not looking to come to our aid like how they would for Sally Sue, you know, to come to her defense. You know, they look at us as self-sufficient. The fact that we're talking about this and that this is a, an epidemic that a lot of people, if you're not a woman, maybe you haven't even looked at it. Um, and if you're not a black woman, you haven't even dealt that deep into it. But the mere fact there's a disconnect I think those are some of the things that I don't know where people are rationalizing and they're feeling like, I don't know, they don't find value. I don't know, but the numbers are indicating something and it's a number of things that go into it. I don't think that it's one thing. And so, you know, even stepping away from that, what personal experiences do we have with domestic violence, threats, harassment? I free, I'm, I already told you, me personally, anything that I've encountered, you know, maybe like a friend of a friend, I've never experienced this up close and personal for myself. But I know that your relationship with it and, and you know, how you view it is a little bit different. Can you talk to those experiences? Mm. I had a, a cousin that was shot in Houston on their side like nine times by ex um That's and he crazy. ended up dying um because she wanted to leave him sad situation um also had another situation where I had a, another cousin who had a partner pull out a gun on her and her daughter I think her daughter was in the next room mm. 
And then also, you know, my mother, she's a domestic violence survivor. She has been through a lot in a lifetime by a previous relationship that she was in. And when we moved to Houston, my mom was kind of like afraid for us to go to Houston because her ex lived there. That's when y'all moved back. Yeah. From Germany. Yeah. She thought that something was going to happen to us Mm. um, because of how crazy this person was. But, you know, God works in mysterious ways because he ended up getting killed. Literally, I think the month before we moved to Houston. That's crazy. And this, so this was her ex. And like, how long was she with him? She was with him for a couple of years. So it was a a crazy situation. Mm. And that just lets you know how it can go off the rails and seeing them red flags. and, And when you see that and somebody shows you who they are, you know, figuring a way to get out of Dodge as quickly as possible. And your mother did that, so. Right. And then in college, I I didn't have any violence on me, but I had violence on my car. Mm. Um, so I had, it was a guy, some guys in college. It was like a, a group of my homegirls. We were getting literally sexually harassed by these guys. Every single day for the entire summer, bothered, right? So one day, this nigga, um, one of the guys from the crew, he says, Oh, that's that bitch from Texas. She act like she too good to say hello. Why don't you come down here and suck this dick, ho? When I tell you I snapped and cussed this man out, and then after that, they start threatening me like they was going to do some shit to me. So I gave my best friend my car because I was worried. I was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to attack me or attack my car. So I gave her my car. They followed her to her house, busted her windows out, and she drove a Mercedes and busted my windows out. These niggas is crazy. You know what? That reminds me, girl, of when I I just remember when I was a child. And I just remember, you know, because some people do not like rejection. You know what I'm saying? And we've heard, especially here, Labor Day is coming up. uh, You know, Parkway is coming up. And I've heard instances where a couple of years ago, it was a young lady that went to uh, Juve. She was killed because she turned down a dude. And that's how I be. And I just remember, like, I must have been, like, 15. And me and my best friend were walking home from school. And I just remember these dudes was driving by in his car. And they was trying to talk to us. And we were just like, no, no. And, like, the dude was trying to, on the passenger seat, he wasn't even driving. He was trying to put me down with his homeboy in the backseat of the car. And I was like, no, I'm good. No, thank you. And he was like, bitch, like he snapped. Mm. He was like, you think you all that? He was like, I'll get out this car and whoop your motherfucking ass. And I I was floored. This was in Texas, by the way. So uh, shit ain't always sweet. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of niggas are... They don't like rejection. And, and that's why a lot of us women, we just like when dudes try to holler at us, sometimes to shut them up, we just give them our phone number, even if we don't want them. But back to the story, you know, after my windows was busted, I called all my cousins because they didn't think I was from Florida thought, because nigga. of my license plates. I, my license plate said Texas, right? Let me get my goons. So my cousin came, him and all his football player teammates came. Like I was going to do some violence against their ass. Like, nigga, we're going to run a train <laughs> on you. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, and then 
the cops came and they were worried because they saw all these people. They thought some, some shit was going to go down. The crazy thing is my dad came to help me move my stuff out that apartment. Cause he was scared for my safety mm. and he checked them niggas. My dad went straight to their doorstep, got in their face and they didn't say shit to my dad. Your dad are real. Your dad. They are, called my dad. That's a real OG. That's what and I'm talking about. That's the crazy. I feel like a lot of these men that, you know, beat up woman, kill woman. They would never be popping off on a on a nigga. They would a never pop man. off on a man, right? A real a real man gonna pull their card every time. Like you're well, not they, about they that. They be on some bitch shit, pretty much. Yeah. And then lastly, I had a guy threaten me uh, in Houston when I was living in New York. I was going back and forth, like to houston to turn up and party it was a dude from new orleans and he got mad because i wasn't trying to talk to the dude the dude had a lot of drama he had a lot of issues with women and i'm a gemini so gemini's we're the type of people it's easy for us to just stop talking to you and just move on to the next person so i did not want to talk to him anymore so i kept curving him from party to party he kept trying to come up to me he got in my face when me and my cousin was walking down the street and he literally pulled his hand up like he was going to punch me. Oh, that was the craziest shit just because I didn't want to talk to this man. And the crazy thing is I did not yell at the man. I was walking right past him and he stopped me because he was so mad. And I don't know if that ignoring shit just made it worse, but I wasn't cussing at, cussing at him because I don't cuss at men. I don't be doing all that shit unless you real disrespectful to my ass. But I don't try to fight. I don't try to do none of that shit to niggas. And that, that shit was scary. And then lastly, I had a, a cousin that was in a domestic violence situation. And she kind of put my life in danger. But we can talk about that later on. <laughs> that was crazy, too. That's crazy. You said a couple of things. And like I said, I don't I, I have friends um that have been involved in things but not very close to it you know what i'm saying so i can't speak to some of that but that's crazy the man in new orleans uh you know the situation that you had in florida at school but your dad checked them and I, what i was saying was accountability and men holding each other accountable i think that that is a big part of the issue Right. I, I'm going to say, you know, so going on to that thought, what role does society play, if any, in the growing numbers of what's taking place? So I feel like gender roles, like since the beginning of time and how women, we didn't really have a lot of say so on a lot of things. I feel like that created a lot of domestic violence. Like if we don't have say so and if a woman wants to say something, then a man may be shocked at that and maybe appalled or maybe upset and I feel like that's one also I feel like slavery since it has played a role in institutional racism I feel that that has led to a lot of poverty within black people not all of our black men but you know how more it's more educated black women than black men I feel that that can cause a little bit of jealousy that some black men may have towards black women. Um, toxic relationships. Right now, we've we've been seeing it with Blueface and what's that girl named Krishan? Yeah. And people literally have been like embracing toxic relationships on social media. And I don't know if it's like a new young thing. Like I see memes and shit about this shit all the time, but that plays a role in the growing numbers as well. And then lastly, I feel that society doesn't teach men to be healthy 
in terms of letting out their emotions. You know, they just teach men, oh, you got to be a man. You got to be strong. You got to be this and that. And a lot of these niggas don't cry. If they cried, they had therapy or whatever, then maybe these abuse cases wouldn't be so high and the murder of black women wouldn't be so high. You know what? I'm going to say this because I feel like the Mexican president said it a couple of months ago. He said uh, pretty much Americans, y'all need more hugs. Y'all got y'all got y'all always talking shit, but y'all got a lot of gun violence. Y'all got a lot of unrest in your own country. And if y'all hugged each other, if y'all spent more time connecting, we would have maybe some less drama. Um, I do believe that. Um, so I, I, I that got the nerve that goes to, well, yeah, they do got the cartel, but shit, they, they got to make their money child, I guess. I cannot. They got a lot of, they got a lot of shit going on. You know what I'm saying? The, America's hands ain't clean. What the fuck did we do? Snowfall had a whole show about what the U S was doing and how we was importing drugs. So I, I can't call it. We, we not perfect. Um, but I think that some of the role that we play is, man, I think that we have gotten so desensitized. I feel like at one point there used to be a rule. There used to be honor amongst thieves, just amongst people. And women and children were off limits. And that has went right on out the window. And uh, I just feel like, we're so desensitized. We show everything and, you know, everything is, you know, we don't, I, I, we're not even grieving no more properly for some of these things because we see it so much. And so now it's just a part of our everyday of what we're seeing and what we're intaking. And right. I feel like as far as what role that society plays a little bit, I say this because we've seen it in, in some high-profile cases. Sometimes when it comes to victims of domestic violence or violence from inflicted on them by their partner, you know, whether it's just physical, mental, or death in the worst cases, some people don't feel comfortable uh, coming forth with their stories because they won't be believed sometimes, and we blame the victims. We're not just giving them a safe space. You know, you mentioned Kay Michelle and the fact that, yeah, she she was a little rambunctious, but she was still telling the truth. And, you know, they didn't believe her. And if if it happened, it was something that was the result of her. So I think those um, psychologically some things that we have at play that are working against us and have just uh, allowed this to become like, OK, well, this is becoming a part of society. This is normal and it's not. What was an instance that maybe I observed in the media where black a black woman was disregarded or disgraced when speaking on violence inflicted on them by their partners and how were their male counterparts regarded? So you brought up a prime example, Kay Michelle and the Memphis guy. Look at him. He went on. He moved on to marry Toya. All right. They were like, uh, oh, girl is lying. We don't believe her. He got with Toya, da 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 And to be honest, Toya ended up seeing that sh shit wasn't clean in the milk, and this nigga was crazy. And he was putting his hands on women. And it wasn't just K. Michelle, and it wasn't just warranted or no bullshit. The nigga was crazy. We have a tendency sometimes in this society 
to not believe these women and shit is really fucking going on. You know, sometimes women don't believe women, even with the Meg the Stallion. I know it feels like we beating it. I'm beating a dead horse. But even with that, that was her friend. That was somebody that they had an intimate relationship. Things went off the rails. And, you know, she was basically violated by somebody, by an intimate partner. And people blame Megan. They were like, oh, she bigger than him. They justified that shit. The niggas writing letters to get him off or being like, you know, this can't be true. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, negating what she's saying. There are many instances where we see that the black woman is not protected. She's looked at like she's self-reliant. She she bigger than him. She could take care of herself. Like, oh, that didn't stop her from going out and twerking. And, you know, it's all this shit. Look at look, look at Fab. Fabulous. And Emily B. Fabulous. Fabulous went from being my favorite rapper to being uh, a complete zero. And, you know, this nigga still uh, getting dapped up by industry peers. But I really want to know, like, what was in your dome to where this is the mother of your children? And I I just don't know what comes across people where they get so angry, where these same partners that they touch so lovingly, where they want to go upside their heads and knock their teeth out. I can't reconcile that. But all I know is that nobody, I never really saw nobody in the industry come to check him or hold him accountable. Uh, They still making records with him and still co-signing him. And Emily B still probably like, oh, she was with him for money. She a gold digger. All this, that, and the third to justify shit. Yep. So accountability is really a thing. You know, just sweeping shit under the rug. Tiger, Tiger. Now, he went upside some white girl head a couple of months ago, and we saw photos of that shit. And, and he another one. You know, he's another one. You know, all these little just puny little men that are just getting away and ain't nobody chin checking them and it ain't no real men holding each other accountable like what needs to take place for us to have shift like we even have like non-celebrities like every week I've been looking in the shade room and all the social media it's been a black woman dying or a woman of color dying in the hands of a man every freaking week it's probably every day at this point I know something that touched me I think it was last year, year before last year, was Vanessa. She was a military soldier based out of Fort Hood um, in Texas. And she literally was complaining about one of her coworkers uh, to everyone and saying that she was getting harassed by him and no one took her serious. And then she ended up getting murdered. So it's like, that's what we talked about that earlier. Recently, it was a girl that was uh, attacked by what do you call it? Her boyfriend. And he shot at her multiple times and her friend kind of got in and helped saved her life. Right. So the dude got put in jail. The girl that was shot at survived it. But then the guy's son, he was upset that his father went to prison for, for shooting at this lady. He ends up shooting the friend because she intervened and killed her. Crazy. This is recently. And I feel like in Texas, Houston, I know a lot of people want to move to Houston, but I feel like Houston probably has the highest domestic violence uh, and murders probably out of all the, you know, major cities. We a little we bit know it's off, not New York. We but... off the chain and it's because 
we got more access to guns, you know, and that it does play a role. Like I just said, in 2020, you know, black women that died in gun violence, it it was on par with men. So that lets you know. So where are some areas that black women are currently being failed in with this with this, you know, this epidemic? Because that's what it is. I feel like uh, my thoughts we're not we haven't been treating it like it's an epidemic epidemic and we haven't been shedding light on these frequently growing acts against women and that is a key reason as to why we are even talking about it tonight because it's happening too frequently and uh it's gotta it's gotta change and so what are ways to create some stronger awareness and com and combat it just seeing signs I know it's hard to say because sometimes you never know if someone's a killer or not but if there's red flags be cautious of that but also this is something that my mom did uh back in the day but if someone is abusing you or you in a situation where you feel like it's scary do not go where your family is because most likely that person knows where your family is and also you don't want your family to intervene and get killed like similar to a situation that happened to J-Hud where her sister was being abused and the guy, he went in and killed her mom, killed mm. her her uh, nephew and all that stuff. Mm. So seek a shelter. There are plenty of battered woman shelters where they're anonymous and that you can go to, you can feel safe and you can flee. And I'm only saying this because I was in a situation well, with a cousin and I kind of felt like she put my life in danger to where the guy showed up at my house that was abusing her. And these days, anything can happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, so just don't put your family at risk and seek shelters and just see red flags. Yeah. And so that's going to bring us to our grits pick of the week. You know, a lot of people be hating on Oprah and I think it's a lot of haters out here because Oprah's amazing. So I just want to give a shout out to Oprah. So just recently I saw her with The Rock. She was giving away $10 million to Maui, Hawaii victims of the wildfire. And a lot of people just be like, oh, well, Oprah's a billionaire. She doesn't give money back. Oprah has gave money back. I remember when I was in college during Hurricane Katrina, she was literally, I think, at NRG Stadium. And she she ordered shuttle buses from New Orleans to Houston to help out uh, victims and she was giving money and like she's amazing she does a lot of you know she gives back to hbcu she gives back to africa i just want to shout out to her because she's amazing at you know what she has done in the past and she's a giver and i love her for that shout out to oprah shout out to oprah all right so that's gonna take us to our gem of the week and i just think that this week i'm gonna keep it short and sweet let's be accountable you know, let's be accountable for each other. What do they say? Um, I'm my brother's keeper. I'm my sister's keeper. And I think that um, with the trends going on in our community of color, especially, I think that uh, that trend is true. We got to we got to hold each other accountable. So in order to be better, we got to do better as a collective. So let's make sure that we we holding our our men, our our sisters. Let's hold each other accountable. All righty. And on that note, we out. Peace. Tune in next week to hear the convo and want to ask the grits a question or get advice. 
inbox us at grits in the city podcast at gmail.com and stream us on all major platforms. All right. Peace. Peace. So make sure you go check us out. All streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube. All right, y'all stay tuned. <laughs>